Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hand. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work Ram desire to bring you guests and discussions that will challenge the way you think about faith at work, today we're talking about grooming the next generation for Christ in the workplace and grooming them for success and we've got in studio because today is take your sister to work day we've got Sue Wilson CFO of Crown Christian College up in Minneapolis joining us for the discussion but before we start I want to read Proverbs 22 6 train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it it doesn't say and in the in-between He won't go left or right a few times. It just says, train up a a child in the way he should go, and that's he, she. And when he, she is old, he, she will not depart from it. Don't get twisted on that he thing. But it's all to the parenting, and the parenting is so important. In our society today, we discount the value of parenting so very, very much, and we're trying to prepare the next generation for success, and I thought it would be awesome to bring Sue Wilson, CFO of Crown College, my big sister, onto the radio and talk about what she's seeing and experiencing as a CFO of a Christian college and how kids, re- how kids are prepared or not prepared as they entered the big university campus. Sue Wilson, welcome back to the I Work For Him show, but a first-timer right here in the studio. Welcome. 
Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. I sure hope you think that at the end of the show when we're eating dinner tonight. You don't throw something at me. That's what I'm hoping. Nah, I love you too much. Yeah, that's what she always says. Okay. All right, so here's the deal, Sue. As we do with every guest on the show, I always want people to just to share, hey, how is Christ making an impact on your life today? So you got to start with that question before we get into our topic. Well, that's always a great question for me because in the last year and a half that I've been at Crown College, um, God shows up on a daily basis, which I can say I never had experienced that in the first 30 years of my work life. Now that I'm in a nonprofit uh, Christian environment, fiscal responsibilities and all kinds of stressful responsibilities and money is tight and there's a lot of stress. But I can tell you that God shows up in big ways and I have seen more miracles. And so God is using that to show me that he is present, that he is here, that he is with me, that I'm not doing my job alone, and that I'm not doing it just for me, that I am doing it for him, that I'm doing it for a group of students that are depending on me and the rest of the administration, and that um, he's got great things in store for my future and the future of Crown College and the future of Christian higher education, and it's just fun to watch that unfold before me. You know, I think what's probably the neatest thing is that as I teach people and as I mentor people and challenge people is to challenge them to understand that God cares about the intimate details of their lives. And that applies to their workplace as well as their at-home life. And and I have seen him prove that to you many, many times in your job in the last 18 months. Yeah. Uh, This show isn't long enough for me to give you all those details, but I can just tell you that when there have been needs or there has been stress or things that just needed to happen or needed to be done or we said no to something because we didn't have the resources, if God wanted it to happen, it happened. And the resources have shown up and the right people have shown up, even though we didn't have a job posted and resumes came over the fax machine When there wasn't even a job posted for certain things, I just can't explain to you how many times God just says, I'm here. I'm in this. This is a direct note from me or this money is from me. This this is something you need to do. You know, you spent 30 years in banking, and you had lots of different experience in banking, but you, you did some startup banks, you, you, you got involved in some banks that were older, you did some outside banking, uh, guys that owned banks. There was a pretty big switch to go from the banking industry to the nonprofit Christian higher education world. That's like, you know, spending the day in San Diego, California, and the night in New York City. Well, I can't say that I went willingly. Um, I know that God used the first 30 years of my career to prepare me for what I'm doing today. All the skills that I learned in the banking industry and, and as a certified public accountant have given me the grounding and the skill sets and the experiences and the the different views on things to bring to Crown, where I work today, and use them and start to implement them in a higher education environment and also in a Christian nonprofit environment. And I've learned a ton in the last year and a half. I've made some mistakes. Um, I have melted down in in tears a couple of times because it's like, I don't understand this, God. You brought me here. Why is it so hard? And then he reminds me that this isn't just about me and it isn't just about um, my development, that I'm here to serve a larger group of people. He helps me realize that he is in the details, and I think that's why he's shown up so consistently for me is he wants to make sure that I know 
he is here. He is with me. He is in this journey with me. And we're doing some fun stuff. We are starting to break the mold of Christian higher ed. We're trying to unpack that and peel away the layers of some things that are traditional and um, go from there. And, and God's in it. If ever, ever anybody have wondered where I get my long-windedness, you can see it's a family trait. It's a, no, it's okay. It's awesome. All right. But listen, I really want to get into how you, um, how you get, you know, you, you wanted today to talk about um, grooming the next generation for success and, and really pre- how we're preparing our kids. Why did you want to talk about that as a CFO of Crown College? Why did you want to make sure we talked about that today in the radio? Well, first of all, I have two um, 20-something kids. and um, I've, As I have two 20-something kids. Yeah, we share that. Um, we have four great kids, by the way. I come into the college environment, and my kids, I knew how they were groomed. I had brought them up a certain way. We had, I think, prepared them in, in many ways for college and that transition from our home into a learning environment. We see so many kids today that aren't prepared for college, they're not prepared financially, they're not prepared spiritually, they're not prepared emotionally, and it, it, it just takes a toll on them academically because they have so many other things that they're fighting through when they get to college that they can't focus on why they're really there, which is to get an education. And so I feel passionate to start working with parents to help them better prepare their students for the college experience. You know, so if you'd like to participate in today's conversation and ask Sue Wilson some questions on, hey, how you can better prepare your student for the college experience, call into the studio line today, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. Call now if you have a question for Sue Wilson. Hey, I, the reason I did the phone number that way is because my son told me when I did it that way last week, he'll never forget the phone number ever again. So I'm always going to do it that auctioneer phone, that voice. That's what I'm going to do. 855-265-2929. And if anybody calls, now we'll know why, because they actually know it. All right. And Ivan is standing by. Okay. So you've got, you've got one that's graduated. Jacob is going to graduate by the end of this year, this next year. I got two that graduated earlier in December this year. You know, these kids were, they've grown up in households that were not broken. So because you've been married for 32 years, I've been married for 28 and a half years. Uh, So they grew up with moms and dads, stayed at home. They grew up in in a household where uh, Christ was worshipped. They grew up in a household where both the next generations are still married, and both the next generations beyond that remain married until until death. And so they've got a, a big legacy of stability that they brought onto the campus. How often do you see that in the kids that you're dealing with? Oh, not very often. And it, Percentage-wise, what, give me a guess. I would say less than 30%. So less than 30% of the kids actually bring stability from home to the campus. Mm-hmm. How it, do they communicate that to you? Oh, in many broken ways. Uh, they come, they're depressed, uh, they're stressed, they don't know how to communicate, they don't know how to unpack their feelings from years past, they have histories that they need to deal with and they need to heal and they don't know how and Crown College is uniquely equipped with counselors and a chaplain and um, because it is a Christian uh, college we have all that there and so students are allowed to become real to just kind of discover who they really are in Christ. Do you see these kids struggling? I mean when, when they get there 
Well, that was the wrong question. Do you see these kids responding to your reach out to them as you start to invest in them? Absolutely. So it's really important. It's really important that you get that, that these kids actually get a start getting a proper perspective. They actually have their paradigm shifted as they come on campus. That, that's part of the process. All right. So listen, we're talking about how to better prepare our kids, how to groom them for success. And one of the things that I thought was fascinating on, on why you wanted to talk about this today is because you have seen so many kids get to the college campus ready to start school, but they're not really ready to start school. Yeah, they come in and they don't even know how to live in a community environment. They don't know how to study. They don't know how to um, articulate their faith. They don't even know how to articulate some of the things that they're struggling with. And we give them an environment where they can start to experience you know, Christ in a real way and in a safe way can kind of figure out who they are. We see transformation during those four years of college. Not only are they learning, but they're learning who they are. They're learning who they are in Christ. And it's very fun to be a part of that. What What are some of the things that parents can do to help their kids be being grooming them for success as you look at let's talk about success in college and that'll eventually to success in the workplace because you're now hiring also students that have graduated from crown college and other colleges you've worked with many people at entry level uh that, that you've hired at entry level to work for you in banking organizations and, and such in the past 30 years so what are some of the things that parents can do to groom their kids for success and at the same time we're talking about incorporating the biblical worldview into everything they do. We want our kids to graduate from college understanding that their workplace is their mission field. So what, what are some of the things you think parents could do? We don't have enough time to discuss all of them, but here's a few things that really come to mind for me. You know, the, the Bible is our best textbook, and if we use that as parents, we're going to be teaching them about real life, how to love, how to respect, how to honor those are th- social things that they need to learn. We need to socialize them, to uh, include them in life instead of to push them off aside as children and then young adults. You know, I would say our family dinners were probably the, one of the more important times uh, for our children, and that's starting from the time they were four or five all the way through college where our dinner time discussions when all of us were together were about what was going on. They were real-life discussions. They were, I had a hard day. I disagreed with this person. I had an argument. This was hard. I struggled with this. And they started to see us process through that stuff. That's real life. It's not cherries. It's real life. And you figure out that life is hard and life has difficulties, but they also saw us resolve them and work through them. Talk about some specific things, and we could talk about this together because we did a lot of stuff together as our kids were young. Um, but if people want to call in and ask some questions, they've got kids that maybe this next fall they're going off to college and you want to know how to groom them. There's some things you can still do today to help prepare them for college in the fall. Call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929, and ask Sue Wilson or myself a question. All right, so... What are some of those specific things? I mean, you talk about dinners, and yes, we both had very intentional, regardless of when we got done with dinner, we ate dinner together as a family. You know, that, that was hard. Uh, our kids were busy. They did lots of things, but we did always find time to sit down and talk about our days together and find out 
what the kids were struggling with, uh, where their hurts were, where their successes were. We got to celebrate successes. We got to share in their pain. And we got to help them uh, heal. And we got to help them say, you know, this is real life. Um, So many parents today try to fix everything for their kids. They try to um, do things for their kids. Kids, as they're growing up, need to experience life, and it's not fair. Well, just stop at that point. It's a very good point. One of the things that mom and dad were really good at helping us do was allowing us to fail. It's not easy to let your kids fail, but they allowed us to fail, allowed us to make mistakes, and then tried to help us pick back up and, and move on. And that's really what we did with our kids. We let them, you know, as you said, we, were, we, we experienced life in front of them. There wasn't anything hidden. Unfortunately, probably should have had a few less arguments in front of our kids. Not that it was ever Martha's fault. It was almost always my, my fault. But just experiencing life and being real. And, and the biggest thing that I always you know, said, I want to be transparent and I also want to be vulnerable. So I didn't have a problem apologizing to my kids either. Just let them know, okay, here's how I screwed up. But I've had some funky jobs. You've had, well, we both have had some pretty incredible jobs. Yeah. Um, and we learn from all those jobs, and we share that we shared that with our kids. In, in some cases, our kids worked with us. I mean, both your kids and my kids have, we've worked together. We've, we've worked as a brother and sister on a team. We've, I've worked with our spouses. We've worked with our, both of our spouses yep. together. And, you know, so that brings some interesting dynamics, too, and also brings in some great conversations. And so we were successful in bringing both family and work together in a lot of ways, too. Uh, that's unusual. Um, well, it is unusual because our parents weren't entrepreneurs. I mean, mom kept saying over Christmas time, she was like, but I'm not a business person, so I don't really understand business. But... But we were raised for success because we were raised to, to be honest. We were raised to be hard workers, uh, some of those things. But and, and our grandfather, he was an entrepreneur. He had his own business. Yeah. And I think we really created the same thing in our own kids. From early ages, I remember our kids helping us with work tasks as simple as folding uh, pieces of paper and stuffing them in envelopes and, you know, washing cars and detailing cars and um, fundraising and all the different kinds of things that we could involve them with, we did. We taught them business skills, even though we didn't know we were teaching them business skills. We um, showed them that it was okay to fail, too, and it was okay to make mistakes. We didn't fix things for them. We didn't do their projects for them. They were equal. Oh, there was that one science fair project that was just a little too good to be true. Tell me Jeff wasn't involved in that. You know, my kids' science projects look like kids did them. And your science project showed the work of a master craftsman. You know, at least that one time, tell me Jeff didn't help a little. <laughs> he did, but Jake was right there through the whole thing, and Jake did really well on his science project. Let's I'm, not, I'm not bitter at all, but my kids would never benefit from my electrical expertise, <laughs> nor, so, nor my you know artistic ability, that's for sure. One of, you know, we've got very, the funny, the funny part for the listening audience, I didn't have a child like me. Sue had the child like me. So my nephew, Jacob, he's awesome because he's like my mini-me, although he's bigger than I am. Uh, and But that personality difference, how did you... I mean, that's one of the things that parents really struggle with is having kids that aren't their same personality. Yeah, and... And our first uh, child was a daughter who is very much like me. Oh, she's your spitting image. Yeah. And um, so she made it really easy for me. And Jake came along, and he wasn't like me, and he wasn't like my husband. But I very quickly realized that he was like my brother. And as soon as I figured that out, it became a lot easier for me to relate to him. 
and to figure out how to talk to him because I had to talk to him differently than I talked to Cassie. And I had to learn how to um, reach him in, in ways that I didn't have to figure out for Cassie because it was just so natural. Um, but Jake is an extraordinary entrepreneur who has been gifted with some great skills and as soon as I figured out what those skills were and started building up those skills I can tell you he's in a job today because of that because we recognize it early on and we've encouraged it and we've built on it and he has taken off and just gone with it well and what's he could sell salt water to people who live on the bay here in Tampa I mean he, he, he I, people say ice to Eskimos but those people in Tampa Bay they don't understand ice they just don't get it uh, but it, it's incredible. But that was the funny thing about Joshua. You know, Sarah, she just understood business. I mean, she just got it. She just, she understood organization, administration. She just, she just got it. And Joshua was like, he had way more artistic side to him than we ever saw until he was in high school. And so he didn't understand the business side, but he's, as he's getting older, now that he's graduated, he's got, he understands a little bit more. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny. He's a lot more like his grandfather than he's like his father. And that's okay. And Oh, absolutely. Part of our job as parents is to figure out who are they and where has God gifted them? And once we find out where their gifts and talents are, that's where we need to focus on because we need to build them up instead of tear them down. We don't need to put them in situations where they can't succeed. We need to put put them in situations where they can succeed, where they can grow, where they can build a self-image, where they can grow some self-confidence, um, not helping them do it, but putting them in a position to succeed. Yeah, when you talk about it, and I want to invite people, if they'd like to call in and list and ask a question, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. If you want to ask a question on how to better help your kid be groomed for success and be groomed in Christ for the workplace, call into the studio line. Sue, one of the things, though, that our connections in business have helped our kids get jobs. Absolutely. Um, boy, my first job for Cassie in the banking industry was um, because of some connections that I had. And then she ended up working with me a couple of times. Um, Jake actually um, has gotten a lot more of his jobs on his own. But he's used us as a sounding board on how to do that. So not always is it just the connections, but being available to help your kids ask really tough questions, preparing them for interviews, preparing them for um, the things that they need to be able to ask and should get answers to before they accept a job, even coaching them on how to not say yes right away as soon as the job is offered and and work through it slowly and don't say like you know like uh yep you know like uh really like um you know like try not to say the word like drives me crazy i've got my sister sue wilson who's the cfo of crown college it's a christian college up there in minneapolis minnesota as we call it the frozen tundra that's right today the temperature difference is almost 80 degrees 80 degrees, Sue. I know. It's really nice to be here instead. (laughs) Yes. Sorry, everybody up there. We could be doing this show outside. It's so nice here. Oh, we'd get a sunburn, though. That would be awful. It would be awful. For all our family listening up in the frozen tundra, hats off to you. Oh, no. Better leave your hat on. (laughs) Okay. We're talking about... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We're talking about grooming the next generation for success by grooming them in Christ and preparing them for the workplace. If you'd like to participate in today's discussion and ask a question of our expert guest, call into the studio at 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. But before we get back to our discussion, it's time for our book highlight segment brought to you as always by 
Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts have been part of the Largo community for over 29 years. Located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Ulmerton Road in Largo, their 2,400 square foot stores open to the public seven days a week. Sue, is it a nice store? It's an awesome store. I spend way too much money there. <laughs> Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop, C-H-A-R-I-S.com. Call, be the first person to call into the studio line and talk to Ivan at 855-265-2929. And I'll send you a Karis Christian Books and Gifts gift card. Compliments of my wife, Martha, and Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Our book today, Grooming the Next Generation for Success, written by Danny Johnson. Sue, you just finished that laying by the pool yesterday. Tell everybody about the book. Well, first of all, I wish I had that book about 20 years ago. It, it's an awesome tool for parents. It wasn't written 20 years ago. I know, but I wish I had it. Okay. It's a great tool. I would encourage parents to pick it up. It's a guidebook that's got wonderful ideas on all different kinds of things from shaping your children uh, through Christ, shaping them to pray, shaping them to know God's word, uh, how to handle disobedience, how to handle things like how do you teach them to love, honor, and respect? How do you teach them um, when they're doing something wrong, that there needs to be consequences? What does obedience look like? And there's also some do's and don'ts in there for parents, some things that you shouldn't do. Um, I mean, like, don't let the world revolve around your children. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if you want to get a copy of this book, you can get a Karis Christian Books and Gif- Gifts gift card today by calling to the studio line, 855-265-2929. And remember, you need to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, we're back live and in studio. Take your sister to work day. That's right, my sister, Sue Wilson, CFO of Crown College in Minneapolis, a fantastic Christian college organization right up there in the frozen tundra. If your kids have never seen snow, send them there. It's a great place. They can't get in trouble because they won't go outside. (laughs) I wish that was true. If they're from Florida, they won't go outside. It's That's a, true. It's it's almost absolutely positively true, especially January and February. They find ways to have fun in the snow too, you know. I I know. I miss the snow and the cold. I miss it. I miss when you can't feel your fingers or your toes and then you get to sit in front of a you know, fireplace and warm up. Anyway, if you'd like to participate in today's discussion, just call in and ask a question. 855-265-2929. And if you call in and your first caller, you could say, hey, can I end that gift card too? Just ask to Ivan. All right. So we're talking about grooming the next generation for success, really based on your experience as a CFO of a Christian college and seeing the state in which children enter the university system and how they're not They're just not prepared. You know, I have a great example of something that we don't want to see. I happen to teach a class at another Christian college in the Twin Cities area. and Oh, come on. Give them a plug. No, I'm not going to give them a plug. Okay, no plugs. Because they're a competitor. Oh, yeah. We wouldn't do that. No, we wouldn't do that. But anyway, I'm teaching this class, and at the beginning of the year, they know exactly what they need to do to pass. And so the book is kind of expensive, 200 bucks. Some of them chose not to buy the book. Then they don't pass a couple of the tests, and they come to me, and they want extra credit. And I looked at them, and I said, you know what? Extra credit's not real world, guys. There's no opportunities for extra credit in my job. If I don't show up and do what I'm supposed to do and get it done on time, there's no second chance. And I said, 
I'm not giving you extra credit. This is a senior level course and you guys need to get it figured out. Some of them did between the beginning of the semester and the end of the semester. What were the excuses they gave you for not buying the book? It was too expensive. <laughs> but they're going to university that costs $40,000 a year. Absolutely. And they're worried about a $200 book. It's all relative. So where did they learn that? I mean, you know, well, I know where they learned the extra credit thing. I mean, our high schools, our junior high schools, we, we're constantly giving kids, kids graduate with 4.5 GPAs. How does that happen? I know that that's that. It's not post-secondary here. That's right. It's dual enrollment, but still. Let me tell you what I think is happening uh, and why this, we have this kind of weird thing going on with our kids. They think that there's never any consequences, that everybody wins it, everybody gets fair. Everybody gets an A. I mean, they've been, they've grown up. Everybody gets a participation trophy. That's right. And that's not Because you wouldn't want to hurt Johnny's feelings. Sorry, Johnny, we're not talking about you, but you know. It's just not real. The real world, when they get out uh, into college and get beyond college in the workplace, they don't do their job. They lose their jobs. And if they decide to stay up all night and then they're late for work, there's consequences. They don't get a participation trophy for showing up? No. No. And that's what's amazing to me is how many parents are okay with all that. And most of it is because they're lazy parents. They're, they're, they're so busy with their jobs. And, and as, as Martha and I have talked about in the last couple of weeks, they've got their priorities so out of whack that their work is number one priority instead of God. And then their work is more of a priority than their marriage and, and instead of God. And their work is more of a priority than their children instead of God. And so the kids have learned, I'm not important, but yet mom and dad give their kids everything they want. Not what they need, everything they want. And then they want to know why their kids are screwed up in their head. There's another important feature here, and that's that it's hard to be a good parent. It takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of energy, and it, they can break your heart. And that's also why our I think there's such a high divorce rate is because marriage is hard. So real life, when you do it well, is hard. It's not easy. And we need to prepare our young adults to find to tell them that life is not easy it's hard it's full of pain and the bible tells us to expect trials to expect tribulation and boy to go into the college level and not expect it to be difficult you're not preparing them well well and i and I, you know again they're going to college if everything's been done for them when they go into the workplace they think that the world revolves around them and then they get in the workplace and they find out oh the world doesn't revolve around me. It revolves around my boss or the owner of the company or somebody, the, my shareholders, depending on whether they're working in public sector or private sector. And, and so they're they're struggling because they just haven't been raised with reality. And they don't know how to get along with other people. And they don't know how to work through conflict. And they don't know how to con- confront. And they don't know how to work through conflict because mom and dad avoid conflict at all costs. Now, now especially if mom and dad are divorced, they never deal with the, the conflict that's caused by that. And they just try to pretend everything is okay. But in the real world, you've got to deal with conflict if you're going to be in a workplace. Absolutely. The, the workplace is full of it. And you can't avoid it if you're going to succeed. You have to be able to deal with it in a healthy fashion, which means saying something. You asking forgiveness sometimes and also saying you're sorry some other times and also being able to just articulate what, how you're feeling, what it made you feel like, how you reacted, why you reacted. How, how do you find the kids in the classes that you teach? How do you find their attitudes are? Because what I've seen is that this attitude of I deserve it 
what's that attitude called? The uh, entitlement. The entitlement. Thank you. The entitlement mentality, which is a plague on our society. How often do you see that displayed in, in the in the classroom? Well, I think that's part of why. Give me some extra credit because I want to. I'm entitled to a better grade than the one I actually earned. Uh, so I think that's just a different piece of entitlement. But and it would also go to I'm in the workplace and I deserve to start a job at fifty thousand dollars a year. I'm not going to start one of those low paying jobs. I can't possibly have a new car and have that low paying job. Right. So I'm entitled to a good pay. And I shouldn't have to earn it. You have students that are leaving college thinking that they should be earning earning forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, and they don't think they should have to work their way up to that. So that's another entitlement issue. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen: Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. But happy is he who keeps the law. Do you set a clear vision and direction for your staff? Every business, large or small, needs a mission statement, a written declaration of why the business exists. From the mission statement, you can then derive a corporate vision, which defines what the business will look like in the future as you successfully pursue your mission. Mission and vision statements provide direction for everyone in the company to define and develop their specific duties and responsibilities. The mission becomes a rallying point to keep everyone focused on the ultimate goal. The vision brings clarity out of confusion, helps your staff stay on track, and keeps everyone working together to serve your customers well. Put your corporate mission and vision statements in writing, post them prominently in your workplace, and encourage employees to work for their accomplishment every day. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. Proverbs 29:18. Your Proverbs for Business segment is brought to you by Business His Way. Business His Way is a Christian business roundtable discussion group designed to introduce you to the idea that your workplace is your mission field. Each month, members of Business His Way are challenged to look at business with a biblical worldview. Business His Way meetings are happening each month at an area near you. Business His Way, a ministry of I Work For Him and C12 Tampa Bay. For more information, find us online at businesshisway.us. That's businesshisway.us. Welcome back to the I Work For Him show. I'm your host, Jim Brangenberg. Thanks for listening, Tampa Bay and around the world for this special edition of the I Work For Him show. Take your... All right, so we were talking right before the break about attitudes. And kids learn attitudes from their moms and dads. They just... They do. Our kids watch us. Because all of the naughty things that we do at home, the kids repeat. Yeah, now I have a granddaughter and she shows us the same thing from the next generation down. Uh oh. Yeah. Come on. Natalie doesn't ever do that. Oh, yeah, she does. She mimics us pretty good already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, how do you how do you find the kids? You know, as, this is a workplace ministry show. We're trying to get people to, to really recognize their workplace as a mission field. So, how do you find Crown College does in equipping the graduates with a biblical worldview, recognizing that workplace as their mission field, and taking all of the things they've learned in school and applying them to the workplace to be that light? in a sometimes a dark workplace. How do you feel like your college is doing? You know, that's a fairly new concept for a Christian college to try to integrate what we're teaching them academically and taking their faith and merging the two together and then equipping them to leave the college setting and integrate the two. And it's super fun to be a part of it because it's actually happening right now. No longer do you go to church and just say, okay, that's Sunday, and then you have the other five days of the week. We're teaching them that they can do both, that they can have both. We're trying to teach them how what they need to look like in the workplace, that they need to be a light in a dark place, that they need to actually show other people that being a Christian can be fun 
and that there's integrity and that there is reasons that they are different than the rest of the workforce. I know that the two Christian schools that I'm involved with in the Twin Cities, the one that I teach at and the one that I work for, um, they are highly sought after when they graduate because the, the workplaces know that they're different. The local hospital, the, the local area um, schools, they know that a Crown grad is different. And that's cool for me to see when the employers in the Twin Cities recognize that there's something different about a graduate from those schools. And, that's, that, and that really speaks to work ethic. And, and how, you know, when you look at how do we instill into our kids a work ethic? Because I'm amazed at how many of my kids' friends, they don't really know how to work. They don't know how to get sweaty. They think that every job should just pay them well, but they don't really want to work hard. Yet, that doesn't really happen in the real world. I mean, if you don't want a job that we don't... Ah, I don't know of any job where you don't have to work somewhat. I mean, there's some jobs out there that I'm not going to pick on today that maybe you don't have to work so hard. But for the most part, if you want a good-paying job, you better work your rear end off. You really have to work your rear end off. You know, I know that our kids have worked since they were little. Sometimes it was just chores around the house, or it was um, some fundraising for something, an activity that they were involved in, or it was a fundraiser for church. But our kids learned to work with us. We did the hard work together, and then when we were done, we got to play together. I think it's just as important to learn to play hard as it is to work hard. And you and I both work pretty hard, but we also know how to play, and we know how to have fun. And I think even in a Christian atmosphere, sometimes they don't think that Christians are fun, and that we work really hard at learning the Bible, but we're not very fun. We're kind of boring. And I think we have to make sure that our kids know that being a Christian is fun. It is hard work. And if we're going to be a Christian and a light in the world when we get to the workplace, we have to be fun and we have to be a light. And I think really as parents, one of the biggest keys is to, you know, stop as parents. Let me just encourage you. Martha always said, you know, try to be nice to people listening on the radio. Just let me encourage you. You are not put in the role of parent for your children to be a friend. You're there to be an advisor, to be a guide. You may get the privilege of being a friend with them as an adult, but as they're growing up, that's not your role. It's not your role to be friend. It's your role to be parent, which means telling them when they're wrong, disciplining them, and making them unhappy. And sometimes they may say, I don't like you. But that's... We, a lot of times parents today, because out of guilt, because they work too much or their marriage is broken, they, they, they try to be friend, they try to be entertainer, when really you need to be parent. And sometimes parenting is work, and sometimes there's projects that need to be done, and it's not time to go out and play. It's time to vacuum or dust or do the dishes or paint the bedroom or change the oil in the car or whatever it may be, but bring your kids along and teach them how to work. I mean, I think that's really what we did. Your husband's awesome at getting kids just involved and working side by side with him. He's, he's so handy. He taught me how to be handy. I always involve my kids in doing stuff. I don't ever do it for them. Well, that's not true. I mostly never do it for them. I try to involve them so they learn. You know, the other thing I would do is I would sit down and pay the bills at the kitchen table when our kids were doing their homework or doing another project, a coloring project or whatever, so that I was with them instead of being separated from them. And it would 
almost always involve a conversation, well, what are you doing, Mom? And we would start talking about money and finances and how much things cost. And Or if I was cooking in the kitchen, you know, those are precious times with our kids because they are curious. They want our time. They want our attention. And they really do want to learn from us. And if you spend time with them instead of away from them, that's going to happen. God's going to give you those opportunities. And then you just need to be open to wherever the conversation goes. And it will go places you never imagined. Yeah, it was always fun. My kids, I, I had them for years just read off the checks or the credit card receipts as we're entering them into the checkbook. And I'd let them give me the deposit slips first so the checkbook or the checkbook balance would go way up. And then I'd let them as we start doing the subtractions of all the money we spent. They're like, wow, where did it all go? Like, yeah, life's expensive. It was a good, good lesson for them. And, and it taught them both to save some money. I mean, that was that wasn't a cool deal. All right. Last words as we as we come to the end of this segment. What are some last words, things that you really just want to instill in parents? Parents, if you could listen to one thing as you're preparing your kids for success in college and then the workplace thereafter from an employer and somebody that works in higher education. What's one thing you just wish they were ready for? If I had to sum it all up, I would just teach them biblical concepts uh, of of love, respect, honoring, hard work, integrity, and build them up. Encourage them, then discipline them, then encourage them again. Find out who they are in Christ. Find out what God has given them as gifts. Build them up and send them that direction. Don't do it for them, but just guide them and continually correct and guide and correct and guide. But don't do it for them but send them the direction where the Lord has laid a path for them. God is going to show you where to send them. All right, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, just a little announcement. The next four days, we're going back to the Identity and Destiny people, Tom and Pam Wolf. We're going to bring them back on, and we're going to talk about who are you in Christ, and what does how did God create you, and what did he have in mind for you to do in your life? As we head into the new year, this is a super important segment for you to hear. Don't miss out the next four days, Identity and Destiny. It's just so important. You know, Sue, one of the things that we talked about is getting these kids prepared, but one of the things we didn't talk about is if you want to give your kids the most solid footing ever, you just need to tell them about how to become a Christ follower. Because if they don't have Christ at the center of their life, life doesn't make sense. And so if you yourself as a parent aren't really sure, what does it really mean to be a Christ follower, a Christian? And I don't use the Christian word very often because people think they are a Christian just by name. It's not that. It's... if you want to know how to follow Christ, give me an email, send me an email, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iworkforhim.com. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. 